Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast episode 17. My name is Julie Bilast and today I'm having a conversation with Clara Baldwin. Hello Clara, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm feeling great every time I can do a podcast, you know, it's, it's, I get this energy from it, uh, getting to know new people, talking with yes. them. Because I, and I've, I already say it in every podcast, I am from Belgium, but I meet people from all over the world. I really like that. And, yeah. um, and also the, the fact, yeah, that actually we didn't, we didn't speak before the podcast. We're just getting to know each other. So really having a discussion with, with all the listeners, <laughs> people yeah. will learn who you are and I will learn with them who you are. So, yeah. um, Clara, yeah, we, we met on Instagram. So actually, perhaps that's interesting. So you just saw my post and you thought, send me a DM to see, uh, because you're having yourself a podcast. So how did you get on my podcast? Perhaps that's sure, interesting. Sure. So there's a marketing technique right there. I have virtual assistants on my clients and as well as mine, and they full-time network with people. So it really helps create, you know, amazing relationships and connections and openings. So yeah, uh, came across you and I was like, oh, wow, great uh, topics that are related to my field. And he seems pretty passionate. I would love to connect. And then that's how we're here. So, so you see, social media really it, it can it can bring connection with people. And for podcasts, I also have found that it can really help to find people. And because you see also each other's feed pictures, you get to know who is this person. You can have a look at the episodes already. That, for instance, that I've been done, but it's only my 17th episode. But I'm I am already there. You know, the 17th. Oh yeah, episode. you're doing well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Clara, because of course we just met, so explain to the people what is your story. I know that you're living in Missouri, is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So like I said before, we spoke a little before uh, this, but I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. It's actually, it's a pretty big city, um, not compared to LA or you know, Texas, Dallas, anything like that, but it is smack in the middle of the US. And I was raised in Missouri my whole life. I actually love it. I travel more than half the year, but this place really roots me and grounds me. And I plan on living here, raising kids here in the future. But um, yeah, I am from a family of five. I'm a first gen immigrant kid. Uh, my mom's from Thailand, and my dad is actually from Germany. So. Oh. Yes, yes. I'm a mixed baby. Um, and I got into marketing at a very young age. I was 16 years old and, you know, faced a lot of adversity in my life, a pretty poor household, abusive household, which led to my nonprofit, which I'll get into. But um, I started my first business when I was 16 years old. It was a drop shipping company. I was basically just a background person churning out anything I could sell um, because that's the easiest industry to get into when you don't have money. And I got into it back then when it wasn't so saturated. Now it is. Now mm -hmm. it's like everywhere. Everyone's dropshipping. Um, but I got into it when I was pretty young. So it actually blew up on social media as well. Got up to like 45,000 followers in six months. And I was getting partnerships and learning so much through wins and failures of just like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it because my back was against the wall. I didn't have money to get my mom out of an abusive situation to get myself to college. So yeah, it taught me so much and I'm so grateful for it. And my adversities in life now, I look at them like they happen for me and not to me. Mm -hmm. So I then led my passions into college, self-paid for it with the money that I raised in high school, majored with marketing and computer science. 
And then I got my entrepreneurial bone in me again, junior year of college. And I really loved marketing. I love social media. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I think I'm going to start an agency mm-hmm. just to get even more money because I didn't know what I wanted to do after college. So uh, it's called Ground Plan Studio. And it started out as just a website development. Like I was like, oh, I'll just make websites because um, I don't really know how to do anything else. And then slowly I started getting more clients, more referrals, and it just kept pouring in. And I just kept throwing myself in different things. And now it's just one big umbrella of like graphic design, SEO, advertisement, sales funnels through social media, everything. So even HR and like beta testing, like I try to cover anything that a client needs. I don't want them to go to anyone else. I just want to be there to be like, I've got you. I'm going to make it really easy on your end. So anyways, I have that. And then a nonprofit for domestic abuse victims. I podcast with them. I get their stories of abuse and like what current state they're in to raise donations and get them out of that situation into a new life. So, uh, yeah, that's what's on my plate currently. <laughs> Whoa, then you, it seems that you're really busy. But <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I, you have a great team, I guess, because um, the role in you, because you have your, your agency and what are you and you have your, your nonprofit. Mm-hmm. What would be the time that you put into your nonprofit comparing to your agency, or is it all in your free time, or are you managing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, like I, even with my agency, uh, my one goal with my agency was to be really one on one and intimate and like hands on with my clients because I worked corporately actually in California after college. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I thought that being, you know, a corporate woman was going to be so fulfilling and amazing and like define me. Then I quickly realized that I was just a background number. I didn't really like it as much. And um, they actually let me go. And it was, very hard at first. It was probably my lowest moment ever. And I was just really depressed about it. But then it pushed me into creating my own thing and really self committing like full time 100%. So that's what I'm doing now. And I still strive to be really intimate and like one on one with every single client. Like I promised them that they'd be the only stream of communications through me, mm-hmm. the planning's through me, the designs and creatives are through me. I have employees that help with more like the tedious tasks that take up time that are not mindless, but they're very, very routine things that I don't need to be doing all the time. And that frees up a lot of time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then my, my nonprofit, I'm a one woman show on that, but I just spend like an hour or two per day on there and connect with people and help them out through their situations and raise donations and podcasts when I can. So that doesn't take up too much time, but I try to devote equal time as well. Yeah, it's 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 also. I think for me, it doesn't seem like an like an easy thing to do. So, does it take you energy, or do you get energy out from there from your nonprofit? So, oh yeah, yeah, I get energy, and it's a lot of work for both the agency and my nonprofit. But it's just so self fulfilling, and like I always tell people that marketing and connecting with others and helping others, it's like my passion in life. It's beyond the career. As cliche as it sounds, I really just love it. Just as you love your podcast and you get mm-hmm. energy from that, I I just have, you know, there's bad days and good days, but those good days really keep me going. Yeah, I know it's, it's but it's never, I most, it depends also how you look at things, eh? as you said, mm-hmm. because things happen to you. You can really look at the most negative aspect of it or look at how can I learn from that, how I can keep going, how can, can I benefit from that. 
I, you know, actually, when I started my first company, that was at the moment I just lost my mother at that moment. And it, oh, I was also wow. working for corporate, corporate and it was like, I don't feel like this is for me. I need to yeah. do something else. And I decided I started a new business and that, that was into business analytics. So not marketing what, what I'm doing now. And then at the end, also uh, things change. But sometimes in life you have these crossroads. Eh? And I started with this company with Eficado. And then also, you know, it's sometimes going, you know, starting from zero or starting oh, yeah. again. And you feel like, okay, what am I doing? Because it's more comfortable if you stay on the right Pot, but is that the pot that you need to do for yourself? And and that's I feel a bit like you have kind of the same situations, but oh, yeah. you had from I would say uh, if things you had no other choice at a certain moment than do things. So this kept you going at that moment, I guess. Huh? Exactly. Yeah, and it's crazy because when you're young or you're in a very hard moment of adversity, you don't really look at it as a benefit. But now I'm a true believer that those hard times are really put in front of us to test us and make us better. And I feel like a lot of people in marketing and any industry, honestly, they're really scared of failure. They're scared of those really low days and rejection. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's like you need to cope with that and understand it's inevitable to find rejection and find low points in your life and use that to your, you know, your self abilities to get better. And you know, because I used when I first started my agency, I was so scared of being rejected. And I was so scared of losing clients and like, messing up. But honestly, I've now that's like 10 years in, I'm, I'm just very, very, I don't know, supportive of the fact like you have to embrace those things and learn from it. Mm -hmm. um, there is no entrepreneur out there that has not faced rejection, and not Ooh, faced right. mistakes. And it's a really hard thing when you're by yourself doing it too, because you can get in your head and think you're not doing the right thing. What are other people doing? But you just have to trust your instinct and like confidence ultimately will get you really far. You just have to believe in yourself and like learn constantly and shape in your skills. So yeah, huge believer that like adversity really helps and mistakes you as well. Yeah, there is a phrase, I don't know from who did would said it the first time, but it's like rejection, you should not see it as rejection, but as a redirection, you know, that Ooh, it's I love just that. Yes. Yeah, so it's not rejection. Okay, something happens, but it just life redirects you in another way and you learn from it and it's never like you imagine a straight line, eh? But if oh you gosh. know where you are going, sometimes you need to yeah, <laughs> take uh, another road to get mm -hmm. there, but in the end you will will come there. And sometimes you you find out that ah, perhaps where I need to go, it's you find out that it's somewhere else that you want to go, but it's sometimes yeah, like you are on this crossroads that I'm saying, eh? Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. And like, I, I heard somewhere that, you know, people who are raised in poverty, they have kind of this edge on life to get better and excel in business, especially because they know what it's like to not have anything and not have money. And they know what they don't want. They don't want that state of quality of life. And then also wealthy people can have like, you know, kind of an edge too, because they know exactly what it feels like to have that. So if they don't have those qualities and, you know, the wealth essentially, then they feel panicked. And then I guess like the middle class, which is interesting, the middle class, it's the hardest to get out yeah. of corporate life and like start your own business essentially, because they kind of don't know the high life and they don't know the real challenges either. So 
I don't know. I found that really interesting. And what's also interesting is, is the people around you, of course, eh? if they are doing, right. you know, it depends if th those people are not entrepreneurs, but are just people that have a job or have a secure job and just want you to be the same like them, then, then mm -hmm. you hear this and you, but if you have people around you that are just, you know, motivating you, do this, do this, jump, or people that don't want you to take risks, you know, you're influenced by people around you and, uh, And that's why sometimes it's harder to not to do what people around you think. But when, once you do that, you feel better because you feel I need to do that. I need to follow my passion. Yeah. And yeah, often it's not the safest way and it gives you some doubts. But I think that's also the, the, the beauty of being an entrepreneur. It can go both ways. And, and but in the end, we, we still find, you know, we still find out how to manage things. We still find out the right way out to get there. That's what I believe. So uh, Exactly. Yeah. And I guess I have a question for you because I, I find lots of loneliness in my my way of living and my career. So when I started, I didn't have anyone to look to. I had YouTube, I had courses, I had lots of self-taught things, but no one personal in my life. So I would say all my friends work corporately and that's fine. I have nothing against working corporately and having a nine five. Like some people are comfortable there and that's For them, but not for me. So when you had your business, were you alone or did you have, you know, did you have a mentor? Like I'm struggling to find, you know, people. Yeah, to I so. did it at, at the moment when I started, you know, I just lost my, lost my mother and I had a new girlfriend and I, my, my dad was there and I said, okay, to my dad, if you help me, because he has had a corporate career, right? he was not an entrepreneur, but right. I said, if you, he was writing a book and I said to him, if you help me to start up and do my administration and do stuff for me, I help you, you know, publish your book. So that was, and then also my girlfriend at that time was also entering the company, but uh, just, you know, to support me. But at that moment, I didn't know better. I didn't know what, I didn't have a network. I didn't yeah. know about entrepreneurship. I just started and I was just telling to everyone around me, yeah, I will start a company. I will hire people. I will do this, this. So actually I burned my bridges behind me. So, and then, and then I just started, okay, where will these clients come from? And that was the time that, yeah. LinkedIn and Facebook came up and I started really to use LinkedIn and Facebook and to network and then yes. step by step started starting to grow, uh, hire people and just sometimes take risks. And then uh, in the end, at a, at a certain moment, yeah, I decided uh, it was also a crazy time. It was, uh, yeah, BC Square was doing well, my former company. But uh, yeah, my girlfriend at the time was now the mother of my children. We were separating and uh, she was also working for me. And I said like, okay, I need a solution for everything because I want to do something else. So right. it was mid-May and by the, the beginning of July, I wanted a solution. I wanted to have sold my company. I wanted to have an, uh, for my private situation, everything's, uh, um, you know, figured out right. and it, it worked, you know, just by, I knew I needed to do that. I stepped out of my comfort zone. I was approaching people in a, in a really direct way. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It was like, okay, would you be interested in, it was not exactly that, but that was what I meant to buy my company. I was just you know, talking to people. And that was at the time that I was also nominated for a, the young entrepreneur in the area where I'm living in Belgium. So already people Thanks. knew me a bit, but uh, yeah, it was, um, It's, you know, it's step by step using the tools, well, what you have at that moment. And it's social media is not what it was back then, but now you have other opportunities to do and just mm -hmm. go there and, and, you know, and believe in it and, and talk to people that 
think the same as you. And also networking with like-minded people yes. can help. But now what I'm doing now with my current business, so I'm helping out on the one side tech entrepreneurs, tech scale-ups, because I had this this tech company, but okay. also solopreneurs. I think you have written a book too or are working on it, but I have written yeah. a book for solopreneurs and because I know I know them. I'm also at the moment because I have a virtual team, but no more people on my, I would say, employee list. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you, you've written a book too. So tell us about the book, perhaps. Yeah, well, it's a little more uh, collaborative of a book. Oh, okay. It's an anthology and it's for my nonprofit. So there were over 15 women and men, anonymous and also people who use their name. But it's essentially like a collection of stories of people with their experiences of abuse and how they got out of it, what state they're in and advice and my stories at the end as well. So I didn't write the whole book, but I constructed okay. it and I have my story at the end. But it's great that you have like, you know, it, it's it's something unique, something that you can, it's paperback, I guess. Eh? It's a real book. Eh? It's always yes. an ebook. Yeah. Yes. So cause I started out as first with an ebook and then now I have this book and now, you know, it's, it's, it will be the next phase. It's, I, prefer to speak <laughs> and to write, but still it took time to write my book, but the book is there, you know, it, it helps me to get speaking gigs and speaking assignments. And, right, and, uh, right. Yeah. That's amazing. My goal for one day is to do a marketing book of some sort, but I feel like I have a lot more to learn still. I'm still very deep in the industry and jumping into different things every week. So maybe when yeah. I one day <laughs> it's it's not so you know i i struggled also with to say what can i write you know you look at yourself but things that you take for granted are not so logical for other people and then if you write a book people it's you are also yourself in marketing and in social media you need to they need to understand you not use too many specific specific words except right. if, if you are aiming to an audience of marketers so Tell me, we met on Instagram, but what is your favorite social media channel? Is that this and for yourself or for your business or for your you know nonprofit? Is it different? Oh, yeah. oh, that's a good question. I think for business, my favorite is Instagram. I found lots of tools and tricks in there. I know that TikTok is the new hot happening mm-hmm. thing, and I I do I utilize every social media every day: Pinterest, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. They all have pros and cons. But no, I think Instagram, it's so unique because everyone is so public on there and so open. And I created a branch in my agency called a growth clerk branch. And so we like I'm a big believer in the new social media and not someone's going to pay me to just post and hashtag and like cross my fingers that it blows (laughs) up. Like I guarantee my clients that we're going to grow very aggressively. And not only that, but we're going to flip your sales with social media as well. Like I want to show them case studies and analytics of like, you know, we're not just posting cute pics of your products and services. Like we're going to do something here. So I guess one strategy, the growth clerk strategy, I pair it with ads. Obviously ads are essential for a lot of people to convert mm-hmm. their sales, but I guess that's how I met you. Is it the, the growth clerk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's Instagram. Uh, part. And, yeah. for your, and for your nonprofit, is it also Instagram or is it something else? That I'd, say, you... I'd say Instagram for my nonprofit as well. Um, yeah, I, I just really like it there. You can connect in, to everyone with hashtag targeting, say like, mm-hmm you're in a certain industry, like, uh, uh, for example, I have a recent client who has magic mushrooms, medicine. So we reach out to, you know, hashtag like 
mushroom medicine or hashtag psychedelic, something like that. Um, and then we can just reach out to people all day, every day and just message them and make relationships. So it's, it's a little more fun than ads where you're, you kind of set up targets and you hope that everything turns out well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, again, I think that every social media is, is so amazing in their own way. Like there's so many different routes to take. And I feel like some people think social media is very black and white and it's not, it's just so complex once you dive in. Exactly. If I see for myself, you know, um, also I've written in, in my book, I'm talking about how to use social media without ads eh, to get success for, for solopreneurs. Yeah. But when I was writing it, Clubhouse came and these audio rooms. And then again, a new experience. I don't know. Did, did you go to Clubhouse or are you on there or on audio rooms? Or because that's still, that's again, another way to communicate, of course. Right. Yeah. No, I've heard of it. I just haven't tested that yet. I mainly use like, I'd say most of my clients use LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So I funnel a lot on there. Yeah. But I am open to learning more and more. Yeah, you, you, to you, check need, out your book. you need to specialize, of course, uh, in I specialize. I mean, you need to If you want to be everywhere, I think it's a bit complicated. Uh, so I, for me, it's mostly uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then it was Clubhouse. But Clubhouse can really be really time-consuming. So now I'm looking at these other audio rooms like Twitter Spaces and LinkedIn Audio and so on. So it's, uh, But it can be time-consuming, and now I also want to, you know, have success with my podcast it also takes energy i want to yeah have my book that i am looking at because a book is something you write it and then you you read it again and i say oh i, I can make this better. i know i, know. I so had it, that problem too yeah. so it, so it first okay it was published as an ebook and th then it's easy to, to to change a bit of it and to change text and then uh Now it's it's a paperback, and now again I'm looking at it, and I'm also getting help from others eh, who did already what I want to do, eh, like coaches that have written bestsellers. And then because I never saw myself as a writer, but now Either. by doing it and by see, okay, this is possible. And then I, it took more time than I wanted, and it was a whole adventure, you know, the book yeah. writing. Yes, that's But, amazing. Yeah, it's it's hard to develop a book because again, like you said, it always feels like it'll be a rough draft, and you keep keep on editing. But once right. you finally publish it, I had to finally pull the plug because I think me and my editors, we went over it about 10 times. And I just was like, we have to put it out there because we keep pushing the date. So uh, yeah, it was hard, but it's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling. And you know, at a certain moment also, I wanted to, to work with an editor, but it seemed perhaps my, my book was not unique enough for them or I don't know, but it was... I felt like, okay, yeah. I talked to a few editors and they are not really, it's not really something for them. I said, okay, I do it myself. So my, my book is, is how to make 5k in 21 days on social media. It started wow. out as a, as a challenge. So I made it a challenge that people could buy. I launched it on Black Friday and people could buy it and they got like every day, they got an email from me with the things that I needed to do. And yeah. then I waited, what was their feedback for the challenge? And then the The lady that was helping me with, with the writing of my book said, but your challenge is your book. And I said, okay, right, let's do this. And it's like that, that, uh, yeah, it's there. I'm, you know, I read it myself, my book. I said, okay, it's, it's, it's good, but it can still be, you know, <laughs> better. So uh, it's yeah. like, it's, it's with everything. It's a book that gives you guidelines, but of course you need to implement. And I feel like you are someone that really 
does things. You are do do person. Oh, thank you. You right? too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I have lots of. That's my problem. I have too many ideas, and then it takes. <laughs> Yeah, I like to talk about it, to define them, to coach people, to do the strategy. But then, you know, like for ads, I can really make, I can define the funnel and set it up. But then finally to build it, then I'd rather have help from someone to do this technical stuff. I know how to do this, but it does not really give me the energy. And it's also with the book. I wanted to have the book. I wanted to do the concept and to talk about it, but the writing yeah. was a bit harder. And therefore I worked with a, with a UK copywriter to help me, you know, because it's also in English, it's not my native language. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, but happy that's there. And, uh, yeah, uh, so actually so great to have you on the podcast, Clara. I think we could talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if people, you know, we talked about social media, but what is, if people want to connect with you, with your agency or with your nonprofit, what would be the best place or the best way to do that? Yes. Um, anyway, on Instagram, it's Clara.Baldwin, LinkedIn, Clara Baldwin, Twitter, Clara Baldwin. So yeah, just look up my name on anything and feel free to shoot me a message. I love meeting new people. Okay, that's awesome. That's actually how we met. Eh? We'd be, uh, we are already connected on Instagram, of course, but let's yes. connect also on the other social platforms. You mentioned Pinterest. I'm, I have an account there, but I'm not really active. I, so, I personally am not either. Only my clients. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I okay. I understand. Like for Facebook also, you know, it's mostly for my clients. So really nice to, to have you on my podcast. People know how to connect with you. Yes. Everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Clara. Thank you. Had a great time meeting you. Thank you. And guys, thank you for listening. And I hope you will be back for my next podcast episode. Bye.